for all things, for all things KC, KC, for everything Chiefs. It's always, it's always game day in Kansas City. Now, here's your host, Kayla Kinnearum and Cody Tapp. Hey everyone, welcome to It's Always Game Day in Kansas City. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for joining us. I am your host, Kayla Kinnearum. Joining me as always is my co-host, Cody Tapp, and our producer, Nick Schwartz. Guys, we're a few days removed from the AFC Championship game. How are we feeling? Are we getting ready for Super Bowl week? What, I'm feeling great. I mean, well, I like this part of the time where you just like, you got a few days before you're like, all right, I don't have to go like pace yourself now. I got like a few more days before it's like Super Bowl, Super Bowl week. And we're sitting in, you know, Glendale or Phoenix, you know, sitting at Radio Road doing all that stuff. So I'm trying to just... uh you know, live back some of the great memories from that AFC title game before I have to erase it from my mind forever because <laughs> the Super Bowl will be more important somehow. Yeah, I'm trying to just, you know, I'm trying to be present, Kayla. I'm trying <laughs> to live in the moment. You know, a wise man once told me, don't chase better than good. And this is good right here where I'm at. Yeah. And I know next week the anxiety will start to build about the Super Bowl. And now it's not just like the honeymoon phase, which we're in right now. That's the beauty of having an off week before the Super Bowl is you just get to kind of kick your feet up. You get to bask in the glory and sort of enjoy this. But the second the calendar turns from Sunday to Monday, that's when the anxiety of game week starts to ramp back up, like we went through last week. And so I'm not doing that this week. I'm not looking ahead to the Eagles quite yet. I'm just enjoying the win over the Bengals. Living in the moment, that's the way to go. I have a confession. I already bought two plane tickets and I've reserved a rental car, and I have no Super Bowl ticket. I'm just... Wow, you're just hoping? What's, what's the game plan there? <laughs> well, this is what I did in the Miami Super Bowl. Bought my ticket, figured it out when I got there, and it all worked out. But I think... I don't know if I've said this on the show. We have a Kings game this Saturday before the big game. So the flight is for 8 a.m. Sunday. The only one I could find back, that everything was sold out, literally by 10 yeah. p.m. last night. Um, so I have a flight back at seven 15 on Monday or rental car Monday morning. Oh, and just drive back. How, how long's that drive? To... Five and a half hours. That's not bad. Oh, that's nothing. I think I know would... that's way better than waiting for that flight on Tuesday. I know. So consider this my official PSA. If anyone wants to give me a Super Bowl ticket, I will gladly accept. <laughs> Generous. I've heard there's a lot of people out there just handing them out. Kayla. Asking you shall receive. It worked for me the first time. Let's go for a second. Yeah. I feel you like never I have know. enough connections at this point. I don't know. We'll see. Again, these are all well, refundable do, things. So if you do have connections, Kayla, why don't you go ahead and toss one my way? Just get a little <laughs> package deal. Yeah. <laughs> hey, want to hook me up with a ticket with me and two of my uh, co-hosts? That'd be great. Thanks. <laughs> all right, guys. A few days later, what stands out as being the biggest reason this season that the Chiefs are back in the Super Bowl? I mean, I really feel like it comes down to even just this game. Like, if I put it on the whole season, I would say that it was, they stayed healthy. They got the number one seed, and they didn't have to play Buffalo or Cincinnati. That was as big of a reason as how good this team was and the level of tough, I thought, they were in this game. And I think that that probably is one of the biggest reasons. Staying healthy, getting the number one seed, having the best record, those things were all plausible a lot because they stayed healthy. But I think in this game, like, the more I go back, I like having, like, fresh eyes. Hey, wait a minute. Wait, like, a minute. Right, wait a minute. How many answers are you going to give here? You can only choose one. The biggest reason. <laughs> Not the seven no, biggest I... reasons, Cody. The biggest reason. I gave the biggest season reason, reason, reason why, and now I would like to give the biggest game reason You're why. You're hedging. This is called hedging your bet. The 
the depth, the reason why in the game, it's depth at the defensive line. Don't just put it on Frank Clark. It's across the board. In rewatching parts of that game, Chris Jones was a monster. Frank Clark was great. Mike Dana caused problems consistently against the Cincinnati offensive line. Karloftis had a sack. Like across the board, the depth they built on the defensive line might have ended up being one of their single biggest strengths this season. And when I go back and watch that game, it's not just Chris Jones that stands out. It's the entirety of that unit. I think to me, that is the thing that kind of stands out amongst why are they or why did they win this game? Is it one just one guy? They rotated five guys, six guys in there. What do you think would have happened this season? But maybe this is an impossible question. Maybe this is an impossible scenario. But like, what would have happened if Chris Jones would have had the season he had, but you didn't have George Karloftis, you didn't have Carlos Dunlap? Because part of me says that they're hand in hand, right? Chris Jones was allowed to have the season that he did because other guys were keeping offenses honest and vice versa, right? Those guys had opportunities because everybody was attributing so many resources to Chris Jones. Well, and I didn't even mention, yeah, you mentioned Dunlap. I didn't even mention Colin Saunders who had a good year. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't have doesn't all work unless they're together. That's how great pass rush units are. We always pretend like, oh, it should just be like one dude destroying everything. We think Micah Parsons just runs into 15 sacks because nobody else on their defensive line is good. No, they have other good players. The Eagles, the team they're getting ready to play in the Super Bowl in a week and a half, are a clear example of that. Hassan Reddick was like a nine sack guy his entire time in Carolina. He's a pretty good player. Turns out when you put him on a line full of other great or other very good defensive linemen. There's a massive difference. I think like, look, Chris Jones got doubled in every play, but it was all those other guys were able to get sacks because of it. Everybody gets to be one-on-one and they didn't lose anybody on the defensive line from a depth perspective. They played the entire season. Those guys as a unit are one of the better sack units in the NFL. Yeah, because Chris Jones is dominant and he's great, but legitimately their depth is what I think probably ended up being the biggest difference in this other than Patrick Mahomes existing. Mm -hmm. Fine. The biggest reason is Patrick Mahomes exists. And he's the single greatest quarterback ever. Fine. But, you know, like outside of that, the defensive line was, I mean, it was one of their strengths all year. I think that's a really good answer. That I mean, I would have probably leaned towards somewhere defensively. But since you took that one, I will say the evolution of Patrick Mahomes. The same reason why the Chiefs didn't go to the Super Bowl last year is the reason why they're going to the Super Bowl this year, which is play the same team who ended your season a year ago. And we know why. It's because... They didn't think Patrick Mahomes would be patient enough to play the game that he didn't want to play for four quarters, and he wasn't. He got impatient in the second half, and that was the worst football we've ever seen from Mahomes in his NFL career last season. This year, all year, we saw the evolution, but it didn't mean a ton because we knew you would, we would, we would judge, try that again. It didn't mean a ton because we knew we would judge Mahomes based off how he did it in the postseason. And I think there was part of me that kind of wondered, even though he was cruising through the regular season, he runs away with the MVP award. There was part of me that wondered, is he going to be able to do this in the postseason when you're playing the best defenses, when you're playing the teams that have scouted for you and built a roster around beating you? And he did. Like Patrick Mahomes was incredible. He far outplayed. His contemporary on the Bengals and Joe Burrow, there is no competition. There is no debate as to who the best quarterback is. And even though it doesn't look the way we've seen in the past with Mahomes, that evolution is what has allowed the Chiefs to thrive in what I do believe is the new era. I know we think of it all as the Mahomes era, but it's a different time now. 
right? You don't have all those guys that you had on the Super Bowl three years ago. And you've, you've now got a quarterback who's not on a rookie deal. He's not this nice bargain who's playing like an elite player. He's now a guy getting paid like an elite player, yet the Chiefs are still competing at a high level because he has been able to evolve his game. You know what might be the standout stat from that, Nick, is that Isaiah Pacheco, in a game in which it was frustrating offensively for the Chiefs at times, finished with six catches for 60 yards. Yeah. Think about how many times. And look, they had to use McKinnon. They couldn't use McKinnon in the passing game as much because, again, Mahomes was limited, so they kept leaving McKinnon in to block and, you know, trying to protect themselves a little bit. And they threw to him a couple times too. But he had like 10 checkdowns in that game. Not one or two, like like 10 times. He's like, that's fine. I'll throw it less than three yards. And Pacheco made multiple guys miss. He, on that first down, remember when he broke the tackle on the run? It's like, Pacheco's the kind of guy that if you give him some open space and give him a chance, what might be a two-yard game might be eight. And I feel like sometimes when you're a quarterback, Nick, it's hard to see that. But that game was a perfect example of that. There were tons of times. Like, even on the MVS eventual conversion, when he reaches the ball over, right? Go back and watch that play. MVS caught the ball five yards short of the stick and then immediately turned around and had to, like, bust through two players, reach across to get the first down. I know that we, like, make fun of players like Kirk Cousins and be like, look at that loser. He threw it two yards and they needed five. I'm like, well, he knew he had fourth down. And he was taking – and sometimes Mahomes, the check down's the better play because of the space that these players give them. I really feel like this game was a good – like, for your answer, Nick, I feel like this game, there's, like, more than enough examples of it. Well, and I think that – that's a mentality thing as much as it is, uh, you know, working on it and, and watching film and knowing what to expect. It's a mentality for the entire offense. I think everybody, when you get into this, when you get into this mindset of we are going to be this deep vertical threat team, we're going to take big shots downfield. What was the one thing we always heard about Mahomes was, hey, you always got to keep running. You've always got to keep improvising yeah. because he's going to break out of the pocket and you've got to be ready to make a play downfield. We haven't talked about that as much this year. What instead has been a bigger talking point is, be ready because the ball's coming out quick and you got to make somebody miss, which is why the Chiefs wound up in the regular season with three guys in the top 20 yards after catch. Once you can sort of shift your mindset of how you're going to function as an offense, and then you've got a quarterback who can execute whatever offense you're trying to run, that's why you get the results that you did this year. My answer for this question is a very rainbows and butterflies answer. Okay. That's okay. <clears throat> Heart. This is a good, they're going to Super Bowl. It's fine. The biggest reason this season that the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl is because of heart. And it goes back to when we talked about Juju being in this office offense and my, so you think you can dance analogy for the perfect storm. It's coach, it's quarterback, it's offensive weapons. It's a GM who knows how to draft it's defense. It is all of these things that culminate to make the perfect storm. And that's what the chiefs were this season. It wasn't always pretty. Everyone counted us out at the beginning of the season, but there were some games that we clawed our way through and still came out on top. And if there's any other quarterback in that sit- in Mahomes situation in this AFC championship game, the Chiefs don't win. We have so much heart. We play with so much competitive fire. We want to win games. And it shows every single week. And that is the biggest reason. Because, again, everyone counted us out. We lost our biggest offensive weapon. People stepped up where they needed to. And here we are going to Super Bowl 57. Uh, no worries. I already feel very good about my vibe check. But anytime somebody just says heart like that in that, it always makes me think Captain Planet. Every time. It's like, I don't know what that is. Wind, fire, they all put heart. The together. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all like an element. But heart, that kid always had to do something. Although he couldn't like control fire or water, they'd eventually call that kid in with heart just uh, to like 
make people not hate each other or whatever would solve the problem. So as we hijack uh, Kayla's answer here uh, for a, a reference that she doesn't even get, the worst one was always Earth. <laughs> Earth was the worst one, Cody. Mm. Like, yeah, I water, you could start a hurricane or like a storm. Wind, Fire, obviously. Know, fires, obviously, super useful. Earth didn't really do anything, you know? <laughs> Unless you're gonna like turn people into trees. Heart, it's like it was it was put much nicer because it was essentially just like mind control, right? I mean, he's coming in there and brainwashing you, but I don't know. I guess we're fine with it in this situation, but it also seems useful. Kayla, you have to look up the intro to Captain Planet, I guess, at this point. Yeah. Jotting uh, jotting this down. Yeah, uh, and an, an analogy that will go over your heads. Um yeah. Center Stage, one of the great I've seen Center Stage dance movies. I, okay, I'm where cultured. they're like you either have the feet or you have the heart. Yeah. The Chiefs, the Chiefs have both. Mm. We have heart and feet. Nick, you know, do you know what? what I'm talking about? This is I the don't. only, this is, well, I have three sisters, so this makes it easy for okay. you and me. But um, Nick, I, I like that this is the only Chiefs podcast where you're going to get center stage reference. Find, find me one other, find me one other Chiefs podcast that references both Captain Planet and Center Stage inside of five minutes of each other. It's still I early. Could go, <laughs> I could talk about center stage all day. All right, but we won't. Guys, better question. Do you think the Cincinnati Bengals will be back in this game with KC next season? You know, I was thinking about this a lot because obviously this is the best rivalry in the NFL right now because they're, they've got the two best quarterbacks and they're two of the better teams and they're both very young teams, really even regards to where they are and the age of their quarterbacks. But the answer is no. You know why? Because going to three straight AFC title games is not easy. Most teams aren't going to do it. So unless you are special, unless you are different, that's not going to happen. Two, you could do. Tennessee made, you know, they made one and a half, right? They almost made it. We've seen plenty what, of other teams. What's one and a half? Well, I felt like they were the better team. They were the one seed in the divisional round. But you can get it. make it. They no, I know. <laughs> I'm just saying you can flirt. Like, I'm saying, like, pretty good teams can flirt around it. They can, like, get to two or be around there. But three, unless you're a team like the Chiefs, no. I still think they're one of the better teams and will be one of the better teams in the NFL, but asking to be perfect through a playoff run every year is that. And right now, the biggest thing Cincinnati has failed to prove is an ability to be the best team in the AFC. Through these three-year run with Joe Burrow, they have yet to proven to be the best team in the AFC because they've never emerged as the number one seed. And that, to me, is vitally important to making the AFC title game every year. Yeah, the, this I think in the height of the Patriots, they made it to eight straight. They made it, they made it to eleven with Tom Brady, but it was eight in a row. Those weren't all hosted. So I am to the point. I think we just kind of skimmed past that part. But yes, to go ahead and answer the question that wasn't asked. Yes, I do think the Chiefs are going to be back yeah. in the AFC Championship game next year because there's no reason to expect that they won't. But yeah, I'm with Cody. I don't think how you could think you could expect the Bengals to be back there there's just a level of pedigree that you have to have. And at this point, I think the Bengals will be in the mix, but so will the Bills. The Jaguars could take a step next year. The Chargers could take a step next year with a new offensive coordinator. Go back to the conversations we had entering the playoffs. There's no shortage of talent in the AFC. Who knows what's going to happen with the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. If two is healthy again, think about how good they were to start the season. <laughs> like It's not easy to make it through the AFC, the Chiefs were very fortunate with getting the one seed and, and not having to play that extra game. And who knows what we'd be talking about if that had to happen. But to, to, to think that the Bengals, who 
are now going to have to start making some roster decisions about who's who they're going to extend and how they're going to construct this team over the next couple of years. I'm not saying their window is closed, and I'm not saying that Joe Burrow won't ever win a Super Bowl or won't ever go back to the Super Bowl, but there is nobody outside of the Chiefs on in either conference that I will just like blindly put into the conference championship game every year. There's there's just you even with the Chiefs, it's hard to do. And the only reason we're doing it with the Chiefs is because they've hosted it for five straight <laughs> years. Yeah. Anything short of that, I just expect there to be regression and I expect there to be up years and down years. I just well, go in back the way... to like... Sorry, go ahead, Cody. Well, I was just going to say the way the Bengals season started, like you wouldn't have guessed that they'd be in the AFC Championship. It was rocky for them in the beginning. Yeah. Mid-season, wherever that... Oh, no, was. yeah. I mean, they were... To, to come out of the gates, we thought it was going to be the Super Bowl hangover, right? Which we see all the time for teams who lose in the Super Bowl and then never quite get back to that level. Like, the Bengals proved this year that there's some staying power there. Yeah. And I think they proved that they're more than just, like, a, a cool, a nice little team that's going to have a, a, a little two-year run. But the AFC's a juggernaut. And you, unless you have Patrick Mahomes, there's no, there's no way to guarantee that you're just going to be in the mix for a championship every season. I just feel like, especially because of the way the AFC is structured, that one seed, it, it's going to mean so much. You do realize that a one seed hadn't won the Super Bowl since they added the extra playoff team. Like those buy teams weren't winning a bunch of championships. It was like the two seeds going through there. Now this year, that's going to change. Because both of the teams who were the one seed in their conference got the benefit of that. But I think that, like, until Cincy can prove they can win the AFC, imagine every year, Nick, like you mentioned, imagine every – they almost lost to the Baltimore Ravens with a third-string quarterback or a second-string quarterback, right? So, like, I, I feel like there's just no way to do this. And I feel like to, – to just pencil them in, unless, to me, unless by some chance it is going to end up being, like – like we're we're facing like Brady and Mahomes or Brady and Manning, I guess, but even they didn't face each other every year, right? Mm-hmm. Like it just feels like they'll have an off year, right? And they won't be in the game and the Chiefs will, and they'll take on the Bills or the Jags or the Ravens or the Chargers or any of the other, like you mentioned, 100 apparently AFC teams who are good. How many years was it the Bills? Two years back-to-back? Uh, they, they only made one. They only made they one. Only made one. Who was the year before them? Or Tennessee. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Chiefs went when the Chiefs went on to win the Super Bowl. They beat Tennessee yep. in the AFC okay. title game. When they went on to lose Tampa, they beat Buffalo in the AFC title game. Now they outfaced Cincinnati two years in a row. But just assume in year five or six, it was the Patriots here before that. So just assume it's been three teams and or four teams in five years. So I don't know why I'm going to think it's just going to be Cincinnati again next year. Is this the is this the matchup that you want every year? Like if you got to pick the AFC championship matchup each year, would this be the team you would want to see the Chiefs face? No, I'd rather <sighs> take on. A it's too stressful. Others. Yeah, they're no. still they give the Chiefs a fight. <laughs> yeah, like, I but, know we're I know we're dunking on them, but they give the Chiefs a fight. Yeah, Other but, teams I don't. mean, this is the we talk all I mean, we've talking for five years about like who is the Chiefs rival, who is the contemporary. And at the very least, we know these teams don't like each other, which yeah. is more than you can say about the Chiefs and the Bills. So maybe I'm more so talking about rivalries, and I get it. You want the easiest path to the Super Bowl. Life's hard, don't make it harder. Yeah, if you're talking from an entertainment perspective, Nick, we're having a very different conversation. Then the answer is yes. Because I do like that. That's one thing we learned in the post game. It's like, okay, these teams actually hate each other. This is not just some sort of friendly rivalry. Like, I feel like that's the case with the Bills. Like, Mahomes and Josh Allen are going golfing together. 
doing charity events in the off season. Those guys don't hate each other. And I don't think that Mahomes and no. Burrow hate each other, but I think, oh, oh big picture, do. the Chiefs hate the Bengals, the Bengals hate the Chiefs, and that is great for sports. That's it's much more really, chippy. That's the type of stuff we watch for, right? I think it does just make you appreciate this run so much more that the Chiefs have this kind of sustainability when we've been the only constant in the AFC in the last five years. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, guys. Okie dokie. Um, we know Patrick Mahomes will be playing in the Super Bowl. So if you could have just one other player back healthy, who are you going with? Oh, man. All the wide receivers are hurt. <laughs> Everyone. So I think I'm supposed to choose that, right? Like Tony and Juju. My quick answer, my quick thought was Sneed. Gotta be Sneed. And then I was like, okay, so then I'm just like, I'm not guaranteeing any wide receiver comes back. I'll go with Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, might seem like uh, I'm grasping at straws there a little bit, especially considering Patrick Mahomes just put up 326 yards and two touchdowns without any wide receivers. But I'm, I'm going to take Juju Smith-Schuster against Philly. I think weapons are going to be really important. And as much as I want, you know, somebody to guard A.J. Brown and LeJarrius Sneed, and I do, the Chiefs corners – and the Chiefs rookie corners have done a really good job when asked to step up to the plate. So if you're only guaranteeing me one healthy player, I really think I want to go Juju because the the depth is what saved them in the end of this game, but the depth throughout the game is what kept them alive for a little bit. Like Juju and McColl kept trying and Tony, right? Like the Chiefs obviously had a plan that if we threw all of our weapons at you, you were going to have a problem. And they moved the ball easier earlier in the game and they weren't having to throw to guys like Marcus Kemp. And so as much as like 13 personnel and Jody Fortson and Noah Gray and Travis Kelsey all lined up on the field together is fun for a couple of snaps. I'd rather they'd have varied options. I, I think I would go Juju, even though Sneed would be very close. Well, the one thing that I feel like I learned in that game or Cincinnati, and again, maybe it shouldn't have taken me all season to to figure this out, is it, it like literally doesn't matter who the receivers are. We say that as a wild for Mahomes. That was the best example of us learning. No, no, no. We say it, but we actually mean it. It doesn't matter what receivers he has. It can be MVS, Sky Moore, and Marcus Kemp, and he is still going to throw for 300-plus and outplay the other team's quarterback who has two-and-a-half number one receivers on his team. So I don't, I'm not even looking on offense. To me, it's defense, and I think uh, LeJarius needs the easy answer, but I'm actually going to go with Willie Gay Jr. Oh, going to go linebacker. Listen, I think from an athleticism standpoint, we saw... Sorry, Caleb, plug your ears, earmuffs here. We saw what happens when Nick Bolton gets in space against a superior athlete. It's not great. It's not great. Uh, Nick Bolton's great uh, at the line of scrimmage. He is a tackling machine. When he gets his hands on you, he is taking you to the ground. But what Willie Gay does, he is a perfect sort of tick for, uh, you know, ying to Bolton's yang, which is he is great in space. He is a great athlete. It, lateral quickness, sideline to sideline. You need that against the Eagles. Have you guys seen Jalen Hurts? It's, it's I have. It's kind of shifty, kind of hard to bring down. Uh, this is the best running game in the NFL in Philadelphia, and you cannot afford to be shorthanded at the linebacker spot against a team that runs the ball as often and as well as Philadelphia does. Nick, just real quick, is this your answer to this, an overreaction because Nick Bolton had his ankles broken by Joe Burrow? Yes, that's exactly <laughs> Exactly why I'm bringing this up. If that wouldn't have happened, I wouldn't have even went to Willie Gay. You're just like, dude, oh, it hurt. It hurts a while. I was like, Nick, no, man. Not Joe. 
Don't let Joe do- break you down. That's no good. Nick, do you root for Nick or against Nick Bolton? I root for him. Of course I do. He's a chief. I once you once you remember the and chief, I don't care where Nick. you came That's from. That's two things. Yeah, you know, I support all Knicks. And I don't care where you came from. Once you're once you're uh, you know part of Chiefs Kingdom. That's all that matters. But I got to be honest. I don't think there's a single not- Cody in the NFL anymore. Cody Parkey had a short <laughs> run, but it did not work out well for him. No, not a super athletic name. Not, you know, present company. <laughs> what do you mean? I think Cody Rhodes might have been like a WWE wrestler over the weekend. So there you go. That, that co- that's probably a made up name, by the way. He probably has like a regular, like a much, his, his real name's like Thunder. And he was like, you know, I'm gonna go the opposite. I'm going to choose a, like a name that doesn't sound like I'd be a badass and choose that instead. But don't you, but I mean, okay, even with, even with, you know, Nick Bolton being out there, like knowing it's the Eagles, like you need the tackling. And, and that's one of the areas where the Chiefs shine. We haven't even talked about this since the game ended. The Chiefs were so incredible bringing ball carriers to the ground. And that's what you have to do against the Bengals. Mm-hmm. Jamar Chase is the best in the NFL, a wide receiver with the ball in his hands, making a guy miss. And the Chiefs did not let him run free. It was, it was so great watching them bring guys to the ground. Going to need to do it against Philadelphia as well. They have this guy named Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders. And A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, they're all really, really good in the open field. You can't afford to be shorthanded at the linebacker spot. I know we've avoided some of the refereeing conversation, but why did Jamar Chase on Twitter get hung up on the third and nine thing? The Chiefs gained like three yards and punted it back to them. That ended up, as weird as that call was, that ended up being the most inconsequential of all of the refereeing stuff in the entire game. The Chiefs got like two more yards and then punted the ball like 30 (laughs) seconds later. It didn't matter. None of it mattered other than it took you a half a second to get the ball back. They had the ball three more times, I think, after that. Because as much as we talked, this was another part of the game. Like I rewatched part of it like on the condensed version, right? We like watched the game in like 45 minutes. Cody Um, stayed up all night rewatching. I I remembered that we were talking about, uh, I couldn't go to bed. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I remember we were talking about the Chiefs bungling of the first half two-minute drill. Go back and watch how badly Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow screwed up the final two minutes of this game that allowed the Chiefs to win it. They bombed it. Horrid effort. Just giving Kansas City a chance to get back in that game. You punted it back to them? They were like, they were, they were calling time. They're stopping the clock. They couldn't, you know, like everything. Just making mistake after mistake to give Kansas City the ball back. They screwed up the end of the game time, Cincinnati did. If not to get too far off track here. If we do get points off that third and nine somehow, does that become a huge deal then? Uh, yeah, I think nationally. Yes. Here. No, because technically the guy waved it off. You can see in the video, he's doing this. And then he backs up like he like Homer Simpsons into the hedges. Like, Oh no, they're going to run this play. <laughs> but then they got together and he was like, look, I was, I was trying to blow a dead. And you're like, okay, well I guess it's a dead play by rule. Again, it's not wrong. They look stupid, but it's like, but if they score a touchdown there, that would be maybe the single biggest talking point out of the entire game if Cincinnati had lost. Not for us. Yeah. Not in Kansas City because we're the winners. We don't have to worry about what uh, you know the refs did. We don't have to use that card. But everywhere else, it's probably one of the bigger talks. I'm thankful we didn't score there, to be honest. Me too. Yeah. Okay, going back to the injury question. None of these are like serious injuries that we know of yet, right? They're just all minor uh, things. Well, I don't know. I mean, I would worry about McColl because he had the pelvis injury and now he has it again. Yeah. They kept him out half a season. Tony's was an ankle and he's missed time this year, but we don't really have an update yet on 
how they are. Well, I mean, the concussions are always sort of nebulous too. They're tough. For Jerry's, mm-hmm. you, know, you have no idea how he's going to do in the testing. The extra week obviously helps with all these guys, but the concussion is one thing that there's no guarantee that he's going to be ready to go by Super Bowl. I would love to see a healthy Juju. Did you guys see all of the stuff post game? He was just loving every minute of it, relishing. I mean, everyone was, but I'm. It's so cool to see him on a team that is actually getting there. I want him to take. Uh, I want him to like this so much that he's like, you know what? I'll stay here for a nice team friendly discount. Even though I'm the best wide receiver on the free agent market, this seems neat here. You guys just do this all the time, and you're <laughs> like, yeah, this is it, man. Every year we just kind of like. We do the AFC title game thing, and like like sixty percent of the time, we just do the Super Bowl thing too. If you're interested, <laughs> <laughs> it's like no big deal. But you know, if if you want to stay, happy to have you. It's a great pitch. I like that. I like the idea that Brett Feach would talk to him that way. <laughs> like <laughs> it's just so nonchalant. Like it's just no big deal what he's describing. By the way, I hope they paid out Juju. Did you see that was one of Juju Smith Schuster had all these incentives written into his contract. One of them was that if they go to the Super Bowl, he got a million dollars but he only got the million dollars if he played 60% of the snaps in the AFC title game of which he did not. Shut so it's up. like, Oh my God. You just got to pay him to try to make him stay. Uh, yeah, Here's your money. Nope. Nope. Deal's a deal, man. That's why. Hey, that's why you put oh it in the contract. Oh my God. That's why you, you, lose it. It. you play the whole damn year. Dude. I'm they're, they're, That's tough. I'm just, I'm just saying like, if you do that, if you pay Juju, Every single guy that comes along with uh, an incentive in his contract that for whatever reason he doesn't hit because of an injury or missed time or, or some sort of something weird happens, they're going to be like, well, you paid his. So why even put the, why even put the stipulations in the contract, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to be like Mr. Doom and Gloom here, but you don't just pay out deals. So you like in the NFL, out. sometimes. Sometimes they do. It's not totally uncommon yeah, practice but- to pay out a deal because they're close on the incentive. But probably not a million bucks. It's not yeah. totally uncommon. It's, it's really not unheard of. What about yeah. 500K? Half? Yeah, they're going to yeah. do it. Yeah. Are they going to do, do it for half a season. guy who's going to go sign a $40 million contract in the offseason? No. Right? Like if Marcus can like, hit his in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. They may do it for a guy making the vet minimum. They're not going to do it for a guy who's going <laughs> to go sign a massive contract in the offseason. Yeah. This fair. is true. Okay. Back to Mahomes, who got more legacy points, oh. earning him. His third Super Bowl trip, guys. Is he the, is he the most talented quarterback in NFL history? Mm, are, we, he, are we going there yet? Um, okay, so he's not the most accomplished. We know that. That's Tom Brady. Most talented, absolutely. He is the single most impressive quarterback I've ever watched play football. I understand that I'm not sixty or seventy, and there are people who have watched. I don't know Bart Starr or whatever. Blow their the socks way, off. By the way, Cody, can you imagine like the take that? Bart Starr was better. Yeah, like the Bart Starr is better than Patrick Mahomes. Like Bart Starr would be NFL MVP this year if he were playing. Or the Patrick Mahomes, it wouldn't have worked. Like his yeah. style of play, it wouldn't have worked back yeah. in the 70s. They're tougher then. They would have, they would have, <laughs> get out of here. Look, but I, I'm telling you, I've watched, like I grew up in the Peyton Manning and Tom Brady era. We have watched, you know, Dan Marino was one of my favorite players growing up. Like I remember a lot of crazy, Aaron Rodgers. I could have made this argument for Aaron Rodgers. There's a ton of crazy talented quarterbacks over the course of NFL history and probably more athletic ones from a pure rushing standpoint, but nobody has ever done on the field what he does. It's evident in the results too, by the way, the two MVPs, 
maybe two Super Bowls by the time of the end of this season is all the statistical advantages to 5,000 yard seasons. Like it's hard to imagine that like he's now played in more Super Bowls than Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers combined, but it's just the talent. Like if I just take out the accomplishment stuff, I don't know that I've ever seen a player stand out from a talent perspective than him. He does it from every single arm angle. He's got a cannon. He can make every throw. He does make every throw. He does extraordinary things. He has a sense of the game that I've never seen out of a quarterback. He does things or sees things that like people describe into me in like prodigy or prodigies, right? Like if you're a uh, Magnus Carlson, who I think is the world's number, I think that's his name, the number one chess player. We'll see if I get that right. But he is like, they describe him and they're like, well, he thinks of stuff that I would never even have thought of. And there, they're a chess grandmaster. He's like, I, I didn't even know that was a thing you could do. That's to me how Mahomes plays quarterback different than anyone else I've ever seen play it at a higher talent level than I've ever seen it played. Yeah, I think before Mahomes came along, my answer to this question would have been Aaron Rodgers. I would have told you that Aaron Rodgers, despite the fact that he only had one Super Bowl ring, he is the most gifted quarterback that I'd ever seen. And this is when you kind of get into the semantics game when you start talking quarterbacks. Like, we all know that Tom Brady is the GOAT, but you want to put caveats on it and say, well, he's the most accomplished, right? He was playing with great defenses the whole time. He was playing with maybe the best head coach of all time. So we sort of massage the argument to fit other guys in. Peyton Manning statistically was always better than Tom Brady, despite the fact he didn't have the hardware. Same thing with Aaron Rodgers with his touchdown to interception ratio. But now what Mahomes is doing or on the cusp of doing is sort of transcending that conversation, which is no, no, no. I've got the talent like Manning and Rodgers, but now I'm playing in my third Super Bowl, uh, which by the way, is the exact same amount of Super Bowls that Peyton Manning played in in his entire career. You're talking about Peyton Manning, not just like a nice little quarterback, not like we're not talking Drew Brees here. We're talking Peyton Manning, a top three quarterback, maybe top two quarterback in NFL history. Aaron Rodgers has played in one Super Bowl, one. So even though we want to judge every quarterback on the Brady scale, that's not it's not the way to do it because nobody's ever going to touch the consistency of getting to the Super Bowl and winning Super Bowls that Brady did. But if you compare Mahomes to literally any other quarterback, like he is already in the race for becoming one of the more decorated players of all time at that position, which is shocking. The guy's 26 years old. But the wild thing about it, Nick, is that I, you know what, maybe this is, maybe it's too, you know, too hot of a take. I, I refuse to say that Mahomes has no chance to catch Brady. I agree. Brady Brady won three Super Bowls in his first five years. Patrick Mahomes has a chance to win two out of his first five years. He's not that far behind. By the time Tom Brady was in his first five seasons, he was 28 years old. He's 27. So, I mean, to me, it's like, it's not as crazy as we're making it sound. It's just because that's the part, Nick. It's not only does he have every skill imaginable. This is why he's so much better than Aaron Rodgers. He has more talent than Rodgers. He's just more physically gifted than Aaron Rodgers. He sees the field different than any quarterback, but he's also a winner. Like, it's both. That's why if Tom Brady, and Tom, by the way, one of his former teammates was quoted this week as saying, like, you know, Tom was, Tom was, like, beyond words when he got that one over Mahomes because he was like, that was the, like, he was three years into the league and he was like, that guy can get me. Like, even Tom was like, damn, that guy can get me. That's, like, I don't think that about anyone else. I'll never think that about anyone else. But that dude, oh, like, because if you watch him, that's how you should feel. 
Like Tom Brady with seven Super Bowl rings, the most accomplished quarterback in NFL history, should never for even one half of one second sit in his living room at night drinking a brandy or whatever the hell he drinks and think to himself, what if that guy gets me? And in this case, I actually think it's reasonable because even if it crosses his mind for half a second, he's like, man, can that guy get me? And he's like, no, no, I don't think so. So he thought about it. They thought about it for a second, Nick, because he's still doing things that other quarterbacks just don't do. Tom Brady racked up all of his Super Bowl wins in his 30s. Big chunk of them were in his 30s. So there's plenty of time still left here for Mahomes. I, mean, I think I did. You guys. Go ahead, Nick. <laughs> it's just the, the second I was like, well, we got to stop comparing Mahomes to Brady. And you guys are like, well, let's not. Oh, I'm not willing to go that far. Let's yet. not rule it out quite yet. <laughs> I think I think Mahomes is 100% capable of passing him in every category. It's just the ring thing. I would love to see it happen, but that's just so hard to do. But if he finishes with every it statistical, happen, I fully believe it can. But it, but there'll be a, this will be the Jordan LeBron argument, I'm sure. But if he finishes his career with every statistical category, which he will, right? He'll finish yeah. he'll, most touchdowns, most yards, most like all the things that he'll surpass uh, Tom Brady in. Just as long as he plays long enough, but he'll 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 pass so many of those statistics and he'll match him in that. If he has five Super Bowl rings versus seven, are we really gonna say like we're not even gonna have a conversation? Because if five would put him at the second most of all time, I know some of that will probably come down to like uh MVPs, of which Tom Brady had three, or Super Bowl MVPs, and Tom Brady had five. You know, like there's other things at play here, but I mean I'm not saying we have to compare him to him right now, Nick. I think I think it's fair to say, hey, let's stop comparing to him right now. But I like if you're just being like, hey, we're never going to compare him to Tom Brady. Like, I don't want to say never. I'm not willing to have that conversation yet. I feel like this is the next Jordan LeBron debate, honestly. I don't want to talk about this anymore because <laughs> I feel like we're dangerously close to stepping on my vibe check. Oh, okay. 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 It's, it's good. I feel okay, okay, good. Okay. I feel good about it today. Nick okay. is ready. Well, yeah. then let, why don't you go first then? Oh, we're just which, yeah. into it. Let's which brings us to vibe check. Let's do vibe check. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um my vibe for this week is the 2000s on the PGA Tour. I'm saying what? The 2000s on the PGA Tour, there was a guy by the name of uh, Tiger Woods <laughs> who stepped on the scene and everyone was like, wow, this kid's really impressive, right? He's winning a lot of tournaments. And then he won a few more tournaments. And then, you know, guys like David Duvall came along and, and Ernie Els and Retief Goosen and Phil Mickelson and all these guys were like, hey, well, maybe this could be a nice little rival to Tiger Woods. And those guys would win a major or two majors. And then Tiger would win five of the next six. And when Tiger won, he won by a lot. He won week in, week out, year in, year out, to the point where we just said, you know what? Maybe these other guys wearing pleated khakis aren't exactly going to be the rival that we're looking for for this guy. And then after about a decade of it, it was, okay, he's not chasing anybody else on tour. He's chasing ghosts. He is chasing Jack Nicholas. He is chasing Arnold Palmer, the greatest to ever do it. And Tiger may not end up catching Jack. He may not get 18 majors. But you watch him play, and you say, nobody's done it like that. Nobody plays like him. Nobody's ever played like him. Nobody's ever going to play like him again. But what we will say in 10 or 15 years is that all these other kids who are coming up and storming on the scene 
are playing like this guy because they grew up watching him. That is what Patrick Mahomes is. Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Deshaun Watson, the year they were drafted together. These are all the guys that we have manufactured rivalries with Patrick Mahomes for because we keep trying to think, like, who's going to be the guy to be his contemporary? And we saw on Sunday night against Cincinnati, there, there isn't a rival. There are guys who can give the Chiefs a run for their money, but don't ever make this conversation about Mahomes versus whoever because we know how the conversation ends. We've seen it enough times. So now it's just time to sit back and see if he can chase these ghosts because that's his only real competition at this point. I think I was okay. accused on my vibe check. Very good comparison. I was accused of my vibe check of doing too many movies. So I stepped into the world of music this week. And <laughs> not just music, like sometimes I do, and just going to the 80s or 90s. Current. Wow, current look at hits. you. My vibe With check today is Flowers by Miley Cyrus. <gasps> I know, Kayla. I bet you Wait. weren't expecting that answer, but here we are. I have not even listened to that song yet, but everyone loves it. And I feel like I will just eat it up. Continue. Look, this The whole theme of the song, which I did look up just to make this point, is she like recreates entire scenes and a song that Liam Hemsworth played for her. And he cheated on her a bunch and she was wrong. And the whole point of the song is, you know what? I learned I can do all this shit by myself. So my that's how I feel like that's how I feel like the defense played on Sunday. They're like, you know what? Offense, you've saved us a bunch of times. We understood for all that, but we get our flowers today. We could do this whole thing by ourselves if we had to. They played an inspired game. They were the bigger reason why they won, even if the offense still did some things well. And for as much as they've played second fiddle, the Chiefs over and over and over again, over and over and over again, and rightfully so, when you have the Tiger Woods of the NFL, they got theirs this time. And it felt like when they came out of there, even Chris Jones in his postgame said, we're talking about the defense right now. He didn't mean that as a knock on the offense. He's like, this is my time. This is our time. Like, we're going to do this. And so I decided that if anything, this team deserves that, that part of the team deserves an even deeper conversation in relation to this. Going to go listen to that song immediately after this. How is it that I've listened to Flowers ahead of you? I would not have been. <laughs> I wouldn't have either. I had somehow gotten to the Miley Cyrus song ahead of you. I'm just as shocked. Honestly, good song. Not, I'm not going to lie here. It's, it's pretty catchy. I'm weird. I'm sometimes I'm like in on what's going on. And then sometimes I'm like so far removed from it. I don't know. Very inconsistent. Oh, I, I'm going to confuse our entire podcast listening group. The big, the 38 year old dude. That's, that's <laughs> who's going to, it's going to reference Miley Cyrus now. We get it. You're hip Cody. Uh, I can't name any others. So cool. No hip would have been saying like Dua Lipa or something. I could have sounded cooler by invoking a different one. I, I also just like, I'm too far into the country genre. I don't really go outside of that unless it's Taylor Swift. I don't know anything in country, so I would have been really bad at that that particular analogy. Okay, guys, my vibe check is I told you so. By the way, this is not directed at you two. Okay. This is more for okay, I'm in LA, as we know by now. Um, people don't like the Chiefs out here. I'm not in Kansas City where everyone is on board with your team. And the national media, I feel like it's kind of starting to turn on us too. I don't understand that though. Like, but that's a topic for another day. Um, what we're witnessing is greatness. I defend this team through and through. So my vibe check is I told you so. I called the Chiefs 
still having a great season. I said we would go back to the Super Bowl, I think in like October. Actually, I think that was one of my vibe checks. The Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl. I called the Bengals in the AFC Championship game. I said I had a good feeling about it all week. Um, I'm calling that we're going to win the Super Bowl. Ooh. I know we'll die. Already? We're not even here yet. I'm just getting it on record now. Um, I told you so about Mahomes. I get a lot of flack out here. People want to say Joe Burrow is the best quarterback, Josh Allen. Everyone's like down on Mahomes, and I defend him over and over and over again. Five years as a starter, five AFC championship appearances, three AFC championships, one Super Bowl, one Super Bowl MVP, two league MVPs. And then you just go on and list all the records he's broken or how he's up there at the top with all of these great quarterbacks. And he's only been doing this for five seasons. We all know it by now. We talk about it until we're blue in the face. Point is, I told you so. We're going back to the Super Bowl. We have the best quarterback in the league who's ever going to play this game. I'm confident in saying that. So that's my five check. In the nicest way possible, I told you so. I'm tooting my own horn. I think that's fine. And it didn't sound directly at us, Nick. It sounds like we're okay. No, it was not directly at you two. Thanks for not going full Hollywood, (laughs) Kayla. Thanks for kind of remembering your roots and where you came from. You're welcome. And also, all those L.A. Raiders fans are idiots. That's what's happening here, right? Because there are no Chargers fans. That's my understanding of this. Oh, it's like, well, we have the Chargers and the Rams here. Um, I, don't, I don't think anybody cheers for them. Chargers don't count. The Chargers. <laughs> Rams, no. I'll give you some Rams, but. Uh, oh, I've even been called out for Herbert being better. I'm like, get out of here with that. My God. Guy hasn't even played in a divisional round game. <laughs> Win some stuff and then we'll talk. <laughs> all right, guys. That's all right. Can't escape it. Just, it's just only at the end. It's it. right the yeah. end. It's just the end. A, just embrace it, Kayla. That's it's it's who you are. It's your core. You're an all right. Girl. To... Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Nick. <laughs> is that, that is, I don't think she took that as a compliment, Nick. No, it sounded. I meant like not. All like right you're sounds an mediocre. All right. No, like not like your. I happen to think right. you're a fantastic girl, Kayla. <laughs> I don't know what Nick's saying. Okay, then you. Thank you, Cody. <laughs> Thank you, Cody. You could try using fantastic as your transition. Fantastic, guys. Great oh, show yeah. today. <laughs> Sounds sarcastic. See, that? it's sarcastic. Let's do this again on Friday, shall we? Let's do that it. That is Cody Tapp. He is Nick Short. I am Kayla Canaram. This is It's Always Game Day in Kansas City. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. Have a good week, and we'll talk to you, yes, again on Friday. 